Laura, I got a question for you. Is um, is the second location the cause of your new <laughs> or was it because you and Adam had a had a pact to uh, to look similar? What is it? Location two or are you okay? Uh, all right, we're going straight. We're going straight wow. after that. Um, we didn't. Back. We didn't let you know this was actually a roast. Ah, yes, <laughs> there the roast. Emma's like, okay, what are we? Gonna, I'm like, I'm gonna. We're gonna. Connor's one of the few that I know that will be able to be roasted on this. Hundred percent. Oh dear. Welcome to the Clinician Life Podcast. I'm Emma Jack, and I'm joined by my co-host, Daryl Yardley, and together we're on a mission to help you elevate your practice to new heights. Join us each week as we bring you invaluable insights from some of the world's leading clinicians, from staying ahead of industry trends to crafting your dream career and life. We've got you covered. Get set to unlock your full potential. Here we go. All right. Welcome back. I am so delighted to dive in and chat with our friend Connor Massimo. Is that, I don't even, is that correct pronunciation? Yeah, I think it got butchered somewhere along the way. And, and my family okay. says Massimo, but Massimo. In, okay. in, in the homeland, it's definitely Massimo in Italy. <laughs> I love that. Uh, thank you for uh, correcting me on that. And yeah, I'm so excited to dive in because Connor, Connor and I actually go way back. We went to McMaster together and I've watched Connor's journey from clinician to clinic ownership and well beyond over what the past seven, eight years, Yeah, actually almost this 10. Is, this is uh, the start of year 10. Yeah. So. Wow. Okay. Um, so Connor has so much wisdom and insights to share around building a clinic that has such epic from the outside. I just see such epic culture and thriving clinicians and thriving clinic owners truly as well. And I think uh, you've done such a great job leaning into your zone of genius and letting other people sort of pick up where maybe your zone of genius doesn't lie. And so, yeah, tell us about Pulse and the current vision, where you see it now. Yeah. So thanks, Emma, for the for the kind words. First of all, uh, yeah. So we started things off in uh, 2014. Uh, my business partner Adam Summers and I uh, had worked at a private practice together in in Peterborough, Ontario, where where we have our practices now. And uh, just kind of saw a, a common story. Just saw a little bit of a gap in the industry locally, at least in terms of having uh, a limited options for people who wanted a more one on one experience when they had an injury or had an ailment and wanted to get back to activity. Um, there were many clinics that were had good reputations locally, uh, but we didn't necessarily feel like we fit into the mold there uh, and kind of decided over over a few adult beverages around a campfire that maybe it's how maybe, everything starts on this podcast 100 <laughs> percent uh maybe we can do this thing on our own and and do it our own way which is often a common theme uh so that would have been pretty much 10 years ago that would have been in like the summer of 2013 
that we decided let's give this thing a go. And then it took us a year to figure out what we were doing because none of us had any kind of business acumen at all. Uh, and just started from scratch and started making a business plan and building it out. And, and then about a year later, opened up in, in November of 2014. So yeah, just had our, our nine year birthday this week and uh, on to year 10. So things have grown from Adam and I and a part time admin staff. Uh, at one small location. And then in 2017, we expanded that location to kind of double its size. Uh, and then just over a year ago, added another location in Peterborough as well. Um, that was even uh, a bigger footprint than our original location. So now we've got two places going and a, and a growing staff. And uh, I do think a lot of that comes back to just just the culture of the of the plan and the business we've created. Uh, and that's that's our vision moving forward. I don't we we never think in, in a huge grandiose way of like we want to own 20 clinics. It's not really our our vision. We I think we'll stay relatively local throughout our careers unless anything yeah. changes massively. But I we like it here. All of us live here and and enjoy and are, have our families here. Um, so I think this is this is kind of our home and uh, and we want to grow within it. So Connor, I got a question for you. Is um is the second location the cause of your new <laughs> or was it because you and Adam had a had a pact to uh to look similar? What is it? Location so, two or are you okay? Uh, All right, we're going straight. We're going straight wow. after. Um that. we didn't we didn't let you know this was actually a roast. Ah, yes, there, the roast Emma's like, okay, what are we, I'm like, I'm going to, we're going to, Connor's one of the few that I know that will be able to be roasted on this. 100%. Oh dear. Uh, Adam, Adam chirps me frequently because he's had this look for a while and, and I'm basically coming for his look and I, I've never had any kind of facial hair until about six months ago. I just said, I can't, my hair is getting worse and worse, but I can't be like the cue ball guy either. So I got to try to grow the beard and it's kind of turned into what I call a weird. Uh, it's a little patchy, but it's better than, than straight cue ball. No, I, I actually, I think it looks good on you. I'm not going to lie. I appreciate uh, that with the so, beautiful hairline over there. No, the, trust me. <laughs> some events that I was at uh, the conference in the U S this past week. And it was funny. I was like, but no, there's a whole downward trend of this and you'll see it in my grandfather, my father, and it's going it's going to happen. It's, it's going that of, way. Yeah, there's. it's just a matter of time. The hairline doesn't <laughs> change. The thinness goes quite quickly. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, so actually the one thing before we dive in, I, I was going to ask, do you remember how we met? Oh, I'm really bad at this game. Like, I... Uh... I feel like I'm always that person that's like, I've just always known that guy. And, and never have a really good origin story for for where I met someone. So uh, no, you'll have to refresh my memory. Yeah. So there's of all the people that you teach over the years, you usually remember faces, but there's only a few that I remember stories from. So we were uh -oh. on a level. level <laughs> oh, no. two, we were on level two upper, and you're in London. Uh -huh. And I remember we somehow we ended up all going out for dinner and adult beverages. Uh -huh. And I remember just trying to show you how to handle the thoracic spine and you had turned to me at the table and you're like how many patients a week do you see and I remember you turning me like how is that good quality of care and I was <laughs> like wait a second 
you and I are just fumbling through the thoracic spine today. And ever since then, you have never ceased to amaze me with your growth. Um, so <laughs> kudos to you when you learn how to manage the thoracic spine that weekend. I still think you even were able to mobilize the rib from the T-spine very quickly. Um, and then you're at multi-center location. Um, and you have put together one of the nicest outdoor rinks that I've ever seen. Oh, the outdoor rink game. Yeah, yeah you are actually my uh... inspiration. I I follow your Instagram closely <laughs> for that in the winter. You'll be happy to know the boards are up. The boards just went up on the weekend. So oh, now we're ready. waiting for it to get cold. Yeah. Interesting, eh? Yeah, and I'll never forget. And then just a little bit of a plug, like, you know, one of your new partners was grilled and mentored and overworked by us years ago. So I'm sure he's been a good partner for you. So yeah, Jay, we'll, Jay has we'll been do a, a call out to Mr. Edition. Martin. Yeah. Yeah. And is he is he holding up his end of the bargain on the partner side? He is. Jay has been awesome. It's uh it started to get when we added our second location almost two years ago now. We got to the point where when we hired uh Jay initially at our first location about four or five years earlier than that. Um, it was a big move for him. He moved his whole family from Ottawa. They had a young kid. His his wife is an audiologist. She's has her has her own profession. She had to move positions as well. Uh, so it was a big move, and a big part of that move was he saw our potential for growth, and his vision for himself was always to get into clinic ownership uh, in some type of role. Um, and we just, we kind of jived on, on day one, the first time he drove into Peterborough and, and met us. And that was right when we were initially expanding our first place. So we kind of got to show him what, what mm -hmm. the first space would look like. And, and basically kind of a handshake deal of, we know we're going to open a second space. That's going to cater more towards athletes and sports teams and group training and, uh, personal training. And when we do that one day, we want you to kind of be the head of it and and be the be the director and and come on as a partner. Um, mm -hmm. And that was kind of like a handshake agreement that we made on day one. And when it hit the point that it was time to for us to to see that growth, uh, then then Jay was the perfect fit. And and yeah, he's he hit the ground running, and he's been yeah, he's been great. Nice. And has he ever officially iced you two guys yet? <laughs> Uh, I got iced by Jay actually about a week ago. So. Oh, wow. Recent. Recent. Really? <laughs> wow. Wow. Maybe, maybe for the, for the audience that can't see us right now, what, uh, maybe define the iced game he likes to play and got me many, many times when he was a young grad. Yeah. Uh, smearing off ice, the, uh, the, the adult beverage, this seems to be a theme of the podcast so far. <laughs> Uh, and hiding it in somewhere typically in plain sight and then somehow tricking you to find it and then you consuming said beverage, usually getting a bit of brain freeze and a bit of embarrassment along the way. <laughs> and don't you have to like assume a position? Yeah, there's a bit of a position involved as well. I'll leave that up to the imagination of the viewers. Yeah. <laughs> I believe they call it mailman. Oh dear. Yeah. Oh yeah. dear. I got so so many stories on that one, but we'll uh, we'll put that up pause that for now. Another day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me rewrote this. Let me let's okay. let's let's bring it back. You said that Jay moved his entire family to Peterborough, and you spoke about how everybody who works there 
you know, ha is raising their families, is like committed to the community. And how have you seen that, like that involvement and commitment to where you live in the community that you were in has elevated your business? Yeah, I think, uh, first of all, Peterborough is my, is my hometown. This is where I was born and raised. Uh, I went away, uh, like both of you to, to McMaster and did, did my kin undergrad there and ended up staying and doing my physio masters there as well. Um, but I, I kind of envisioned coming back one day cause I did like growing up here. It's, it's got its own small city feel. And if you want to get into Toronto for a concert or a show or right. a Jays game, you can be home in under two hours. So you can do it on a weeknight if you're feeling crazy. <laughs> um, so I like I like Peterborough for all those reasons. And I think a lot of people do. And a lot of people who aren't from here and end up moving here for whatever reason, end up over time getting that sense of it feeling like home as well. Like Adam, my business partner from day one, he was born and raised GTA, Scarborough area. And they, his family always had a cottage up in this area. So that's kind of his connection to Peterborough. Uh, and he knew as soon as he was done school, he was getting out of the GTA. He was like, he wanted more free space and up near the lakes and, and close to wildlife and outdoors and and that's kind of our our big draw up here is we're close enough to the city to get in when we need to um, but also far enough removed that you can drive a half an hour outside of the city and you're at any number of lakes so I think that's one of our big draws and I would say in terms of culture like I guess my proudest piece about Pulse altogether would be that every professional that we've hired from from massage therapist to physiotherapist um is still working with us um wow. and i'm i'm not naive enough to think that that's going to happen forever because i know that it won't and i know people will branch out and do their own things and circumstances will change um but our first uh physio that we hired outside of adam and i was i think seven or eight years ago and we now have 12 physios and like four or five massage therapists and everyone that has started working for us is still working with us and that's I think amazing. that's that's just goes to the environment and that people enjoy being there like I mean we're not going to kid ourselves it's you're still going to work right yeah. it's uh it's not always peachy right but for everyone I think there's enough enjoyment that they get when they come to work um, because of the people that we have around us, right? And I don't think we've done anything special. I just think we have really taken our time when we are selecting new staff to come in mm -hmm. to make sure that they feel like they're going to fit the mold. Uh, and it's not a mold that you have to practice a certain way or you have to act a certain way. It's just more so a personality trait that it feels like this person's going to fit into the group. And it's, mm. it would be hard to describe, it would be hard to write down, um, but just from communicating with them and getting a feel for uh, what their interests are and where they want to go with their career. Um, so far, we've been super fortunate to find people that really do fit well with the group and kind of, um, yeah, mesh, mesh with the group pretty well. Yeah, so kind of one thing that we're 
we're seeing too these days is that everyone thinks that you need to have a social media presence to generate leads. Most of us know though that we usually don't have an issue with leads in clinics, but you're starting to see a lot of strength on recruitment through social media presence. So can you maybe share with like a few of the clinicians for sure that you guys have that actually aren't local to Peterborough, how did they hear about you? Was it as students and they checked you out on social media? You obviously have a strong social media presence. Like maybe comment too on how often does that come up in interviews? Yeah, I think um, our last, so just more recently, our last two uh, new grad physios that we've hired at our at our new location uh Sydney just over a year ago and Ben just a couple of months ago um were both students the year before uh that had come from Queen's University and done a placement with us um Sydney happens to be from Peterborough so that's super helpful uh her older sister Mackenzie is a physio in Toronto as well uh and way back I actually kind of did some mentorship with Mackenzie, Sydney's older sister, and let her do some shadowing and wrote her a reference letter. And she got into physio school. So kind of started to make a connection with just with the family that way. Uh, and Sid's been awesome. She's been great to have on the team. Um, so that was, in a sense, just more of a natural fit, her from being from here and wanting to come back here. Uh, but then Ben, who we just recently hired, um, doesn't really have a huge Peterborough connection other than he went to undergrad here. Uh, so he did his undergrad at Trent university, liked the city, ended up going to Queens for physio school, and then was kind of interested in coming to do a placement with us. So he said it was his top choice. He wanted to go do a placement because of our social media and because of everything we were doing. Uh, and then he loved his placement with us. We loved having him. He was a natural fit. And then when it was ready for growth, it just made sense. So, uh, we've had some of that along the way where, whether it's directly someone telling us that social media was why they found us or whether it's friends or connections I've made through social media that have then indirectly connected me to the people that they think we should hire, uh, that's happened on a couple of occasions as well. Yeah. So I think, you know, for those owners that are on and listening, the key thing will be is that it serves a multi-purpose strategy now, right? Yeah. Sure. You still may get some leads from it, but I think we all saw it as this sole, you know, one channel only purpose, right? Whereas it actually serves a dual purpose without a doubt. And it's actually one of the strongest ways to demonstrate culture. And we know that culture is one of the strongest recruitment pulls. Right. The one thing, though, that we wanted to chat about with you, too, Connor, is maybe giving people a little bit of insight of, you know, how you chose to kind of even like really brand yourself around Pulse, which I think that makes sense. But how you did that through your social media presence and how do you support your team in a collaborative way who are still growing their own individual reputations as, you know, let's say an independent contractor inside of Pulse. So I think there's a lot of fear around how do we collaborate and partner versus yeah. um, trying to do something with kind of quietly and then someone finds out about it and like, oh my God, now this is a terrible scenario and I got to fire you. Like it's so ridiculous. For sure. I think, so first off, I think um, part of all our culture from just a employee versus contractor piece is 
Uh, everyone is a commissioned employee, so we don't have any independent contractors. Um, all of our massage therapists, all of our physiotherapists are um, employees of, of the company. And I think that's big for us. We offer um, a benefit plan that I think is helpful because they're employees yeah. as well. Um, that I always think is just valuable for building kind of that culture uh, and that retention. Um, but then to your piece about kind of branding within the brand, I think when I started our social media account, I never wanted it to be about me. Um, I think because I'm the one who runs it, you see most of me on there because it's just easiest when I'm looking for content to take a selfie video as awkward as that can be. <laughs> we um, love it. We love it. Yeah, because I'm I'm right there and it, it is yeah. honestly if you if you spend any time on social media you'll you'll know uh that creating content takes time. Uh and it's hard to coordinate other people's time. So it's like okay, I want to feature other people on the page but it's tough to coordinate schedules to get other people on for videos or reels, right? So what we've done instead is um, encourage people as much as they feel comfortable or as much as they are interested in to have their own social media presence. And then we can share our clinicians through our channel um, and show that we have clinicians that have very individualized styles and very uh, varied interests, um, but we all work under the same roof and collaborate together. And, uh, and I think that's been helpful. We've got different specialties from, from pelvic health to, to pediatric physio that I think we can share under the pulse umbrella, but, but each individual kind of has their own mini brand within that. And that's something that I think is so important that people feel like they have sort of this autonomy, but also the support of a team behind them. Um, and that's something I really want to acknowledge you guys for, and like, let's call it out. It is very rare that you haven't had somebody leave yet. And to your point, it will happen at some point, but I think that's a testament to the autonomy you've given your people to sort of play towards their strengths, um, and encourage them to lean into what they love and what they're passionate about. And that's going to keep people in the space. Yeah, I think so. I think we try to be um, as flexible as we can, right? In terms of everyone has different scheduling commitments. Um, many of our uh, professional staff have young families and yeah. um, need to adjust schedules kind of at the drop of a hat because of like, child illness or whatever it yeah. may be, right? Uh, and I think as much as we can, we really try to be accommodating to that. And um, not that other places wouldn't be, but I think that that helps people feel like they're comfortable. They don't have to hide anything. Um, yeah. They can just let us know if something going on, let us know. We'll try to make a plan. Right. And as uh, we try to make ourselves open and approachable, um, I think a big thing uh with adam adam and i always joke around about it that um we we share a desk and everyone else has their own desk um <laughs> because we we like it to be that we're all in the same space i, I don't yeah. want adam and i to have our own office as the you know the clinic owners or the clinic managers that we're kind of like up on a pedestal um i always say adam's our handyman right so when there's a leak he's in there fixing it 
I do all of our kind of marketing and media stuff. So we 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 definitely juggle our our roles and responsibilities in the clinic. Um, but I think first and foremost, we try to be approachable and we try to just enjoy time with people, right? Like mm -hmm. big news in Peterborough, our Kells are coming to Peterborough this weekend, right? So, Watch so like most of our staff will be there, right? And everyone yeah. will come over to my house for a couple of drinks before, right? So it's like, we try to make that type of thing a common occurrence. So it's not just the like once a year Christmas party is the only time we see people outside of work. Yeah. Um, we, we do our best to try to have events at least every couple of months um, to just just get people to relax a bit and, and get outside of the clinic and and enjoy each other's company. And I think a cool thing that that we've seen develop is people develop a lot of friendships within the clinic who weren't from here originally. Mm -hmm. And now these are good friends that are hanging out on weekends, which is great to see. I, I really like that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's there's like such a humanity to it. Right. Sure. It, I, I think it makes such a difference when you feel like you can it's safe to share what's going on for you. Um, I think that brings us closer to solving problems. Um, and so I want to acknowledge you guys for being able and leaning into to creating a, a space that you know what, unfortunately, it's it sounds simple, but I think it's really rare. Yeah, I think it's um it's unfortunate that it's rare because yeah. it sh it shouldn't be that hard just to like yeah. be a good person, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, just like be a normal person and think like, if I was struggling with a sick kid, would I want whoever I worked for to be stressing me out about it? Probably not. Yeah. I'm already stressed enough. Right. Yeah. Um. So that that's what we try. And I'm sure we don't, we don't get it right all the time, but that's always our hope anyway. Mm. Hey, Connor, I'm just curious to like one of the things that, you know, for everybody that maybe just share with everybody your uh, Instagram handle, though, just so they yeah. know to check it out. Yeah. Uh, Instagram at Pulse Physio PTBO. PTBO, for those not from here, is just a short form for Peterborough. Uh, and yeah, that was um, when did I? I think I started it in 2017, the Instagram account uh and that was like facebook was hot in 2017 like it was it was popping <laughs> it was. as the kids say and uh my facebook got hacked by a russian account and i lost all access to my pulse facebook account for like the better part of six months and then i was like all right i guess i'll see what instagram's all about and that was my <laughs> that was my onus to start an Instagram account. Literally, is that I just couldn't get into Facebook anymore. Oh and God. I think that happened at the perfect time. <laughs> yeah, the thing too is it's kind, of, it's kind of an interesting obstacle that a lot of entrepreneurs will face. Right? Is something actually like some shit hits the fan, yeah. and you just got to learn how to pivot. You could have had a pity party and done For nothing sure. about it, or you could have just come up and failed forward. Right? Yeah, and I think. Uh, a lot of people ask, cause like we, we grew this following to like 50,000, like, how do you do? I don't know how I did it. It's like, it's luck really. Like you put in a consistent effort for a period of time. And sometimes some post that you think is quasi silly, uh, ends up 
like five million people see it you're like well that's weird because that one took no time or effort right and then all these other ones that i put hours into 20 people saw right yeah. uh so how do you how do you do it i think you just you just get out there and, and be as consistent as you can but i also think that was kind of like the golden age of like rehab physio accounts on instagram where there weren't as many of them at the time and it just seemed easier to have a post reach a lot of people right mm -hmm. so yeah. uh, you know if, if you're interested in starting a social media uh, account related to your profession I don't think you need to get fussy about how many people are following you because like how many of these 50,000 people are actually following us closely probably not a lot right mm -hmm. when we see comments and dms from it's the same people over and over again you know it's maybe a thousand or two thousand of the fifty thousand people that actually care about our page right uh so you may have 200 people or two thousand people but there will be people that see your content that do get value from it and i think mm -hmm. the other piece is people get this like paralysis by analysis where they just they hyper analyze all the content that they're going to put out. What if I don't like mm -hmm. what I said two years from now? Well, then you make another post then and make fun of yourself and say like, I can't believe I, <laughs> I said feel like you've done years. that. I feel like I've you've done, done that, that multiple and it's times. So brilliant. So like brilliant. I can't believe I thought this four years ago. I was so yeah. uninformed, right? But right. it didn't stop me from posting it then, and it doesn't stop me from posting tomorrow about something that I'll probably think is ridiculous four years from now. Mm -hmm. um, so don't let that stop you. Yeah. I think it's like the humanity. It's again, you're you're just showing up yourself with personality, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's what people are also attracted to is there's like an authenticity to it. Yeah, I think the personality is a huge piece, right? Because it's social yeah. media, right? It it should be social. It should be interesting. Like nothing gets me more bummed about uh, a rehab or physio account when I see like the clinic will be closed today and like. <laughs> just like a snow symbol you know it's like this is not this is not the form for that right like yeah. put that on your phone message machine you know <laughs> like yeah. that doesn't need to be your social <laughs> go like go make a snowman and post that you know like that's way more interesting well right? i think so. and what and where you're going with this too in that case connor like this is where Sometimes Em and I we did that session on like looking outside of the industry, and I was just at private practice section for which was which was interesting. I was doing a talk there, but the keynote before my talk chained my talk in the next ten minutes. So it was Andrew Davis. He's a big marketing guy, and he literally just kept putting up website after website and social media account after social media, and just roasted us. He's like, "Let me guess, everyone in this room does top notch quality care." Right. And everyone's like, yeah. And he said, how many of you do you give shit care? And right. no one puts up their hand. He's like, good. You're all the same to me as an end consumer. So what was really interesting, you just nailed it, which was show me that you're different. Don't just tell me that you're different because not a one website out there tells me anything different. You're evidence-based. You give top quality care. He's like, I don't even understand one-on-one -on -one, and it can mean different things to different people, but no one shows me that you're different. And I think even to go back to your point is, remember, students are watching us, right? So patients will still Google us. We know that 90% of people will Google physiotherapists before they actually come in if there's no connection already. But that's not what most potential recruits are going to see. 
And one of the things that I think, Emma, you've taught me this for many years too, maybe indirectly, because it's like, you know, creep on your profile on a regular basis. Um, but you guys have done that movement challenge. You turn that movement challenge into that cool Christmas countdown, which is a ton of fun that you've got clinicians across the world doing. But and I try one... so hard. I'm yeah, so, I don't, so hard. I don't try. I'm not You're so going to get one this year. I'm hypermobile. So if you can add some flexibility components. Yeah. All right. We'll get you. We'll get but, you one. But Connor, my favorite post, which I think goes a long way for staff, our future staff and patients, is this one of you and your daughter with the diagnosis? Oh, yeah. Like I, I watched this so many times. <laughs> right. And I and I think these are the things that actually get patients to complete plans of care. Like it's not medicalized anymore. Like in a lot of these individuals, when you really think about coming into the practice, they learn more about you, they learn more about the staff, they see the fun. And the days of being in a significant amount of pain going into a clinic that's biomechanically focused isn't really the solution. And it doesn't show that that clinic is different. So I think you guys have proven a couple things for sure, right? Is show that you're different and it's identified the fact that you're recruiting in a rural part of the country, which is hard to do, right? The other thing though is you've also shown to the community that you guys are different and you didn't put anybody down doing it. You just right. did it differently. So I yeah. think kudos to you guys and you've created a model too. Um, and we won't get into the whole employee versus IC thing here because I'm on the employee bus too. But the reality is you've created a collaborative model for people to still build a reputation. You mentioned that they have some autonomy in their practice philosophy, but you guys still have core values that you're looking for. You still have personality types that you want to have to continue to build on your culture. So it sounds like it's a lot of your core values are around adult drinks, but, but that's okay. You know, whatever works for you guys. Um, but I, but Hot I think, tip for recruiting. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, I think this is what people really need to see is like, you know, stop focusing on what is the detail of your website. Cause no one gives a shit. Tell right. like telling me what you do versus showing me what you do is next level. And that's what Em and I were chatting about a couple episodes ago is how do you level up practice? Look outside the industry and really what this guy honed in, this Andrew Davis gentleman, brilliant. But he made fun of us to realize that we weren't thinking properly, right? right. And like goes back to you making fun of your post four years ago. If you can't think about ways to fail forward, your practice won't grow. And it's okay. No one's like, you're not doing the same treatment you did 10 years ago either when I met you on a level two. Right. No. Right. And I think, I think a big part of that is knowing that it's okay to put yourself out there and be a little bit vulnerable uh, in terms of social media mm -hmm. and everyone has different levels of that. Right. Mm -hmm. So my vulnerability might not be the same as Emma's or Daryl's. Um, my vulnerability typically will come from humor and that side of things. I'm not, um, uh, my, my wife would attest to this. I'm not a super emotional person, so I don't really go very high or very low. I kind of stay pretty in the middle for most things. Uh, and I think that's a good and bad thing. I think that helps me get through hard days, but also maybe doesn't let me enjoy super exciting things as much as I should. Yeah. Um, but my vulnerability is this is me. I'm just going to put it out there. I know some people are going to hate it and other people might find something helpful from it. And here it is, take it or leave it. Right. And I think anytime we try to like incorporate some humor 
into our social media, that's those are typically the posts that people are going to share and comment on and find interesting because there's just so much, you know, reiterated, boring content, right? And um, if you want to think about it as trying to carve out a place for yourself on social media, you need to do, like you said, Daryl, whether it's your business or your social media account or one be an extension of the other, you need to do something that is actually different and then show people about like tell people and show people. Right. And I yeah. think something like, like those movement challenges is an example of that. It started off as such a silly thing. And now we'll get messages around this time of year. Are you guys doing it again this year? Right. So, <laughs> um, and, and whatever, it's fun. It, it keeps people laughing, gives something to do over, over the holidays with their families. Yeah. I love that show. Don't tell. Yeah, I think that's that's such a, a great nugget of wisdom. Um, Connor, we ask everyone at the end of every episode what advice they would give a past version of themselves. And just in this moment, what advice would you give yourself? Uh, I would, I guess, give myself, if I'm thinking back to me as like, 2014 me about to start a business um I think I would just give myself the piece of advice that it's okay to not have it all figured out it's okay to start and to learn as you go um because if if I would have waited to have it all figured out I wouldn't have started yet because I still don't have it figured out right um <laughs> spoiler alert you never do <laughs> yeah exactly but we learn as we go and we improve and we as as Daryl said we we fail and then we learn from that and we we change our strategies um so I was like very very green in, in the world of business like no entrepreneurial spirit in my family my parents were both uh, amazing elementary school teachers, but uh, not entrepreneurs by any means. Um, and I was only myself three years into practice, not thinking, I was like in my head, one day I'll own a clinic. And then one day Adam said, what if we start it like sooner than one day, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and uh, and then we and then we did, right? And, and neither of us knew a thing about what we were doing. We We were confident that we could provide good quality physio and that the rest could kind of work itself out as we went. So that's what I would, my piece of advice would be, don't feel like you need to know it all to start, just start and then learn as you go. Mm -hmm. I think that's good advice too. When you think about it, we started our practice, not knowing all the answers and we figure it out. Right. Um, and I think people are afraid to get things wrong sometimes. And the reality is I just actually met this one, um, successful entrepreneur. Um, and the one thing that she told me that she learned over the years, and she now does this with her kids and she's coming on this as well. And I want to dive a bit deeper, but she actually asks her kids every day, what's one mistake that you made? That's I was cool. like, that's awesome. And she said, yeah. the reason she does that though, is she's like, you don't really learn always from things that go smooth and easy. Like right. yeah. the mistake you want to make sure that they learn that it's not something to be afraid of it's actually something that you're going to only get better at, right? And I think it goes back to our perfectionist mentality that you talk about, Emma, all the time, which is like, we're afraid to make a mistake with a patient. It's yeah. it's the way we learn, right? And I think it comes down to a bit around, you know, your 
thought too around vulnerability too, Connor, you know, do you have the support systems in place at your clinic or in your practice to help you overcome some of those challenges, right? How comfortable are you being uncomfortable is something that Karen talked about last episode, right? So I think that's really, really exciting. Um, and I think that we just have to be more comfortable failing forward, learning from mistakes. It's like we all post about it, but deep down, I think we're still actually uncomfortable with it. And we just got to get a support system in place that helps you become more comfortable with it. So I think your advice is awesome, Connor. And it's amazing to see like how far you guys have actually come already. The kind of the end part I want to put to this is what does, what's in the future for Pulse? You know, scaling to two or three clinics is exciting. Scaling to 10 is some whole new beast, right? Where do you, where are you guys going to be? We're, when we bring you back on this episode, what are we going to talk about? Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> The, the current focus is to grow within, right? Mm -hmm. So we, we still have room to grow. Uh, We are really only about 18 months into the second practice and it's quite a large facility um, that has a big open gym space. We, we get full, uh, we get full teams in there. So like a hockey team will come and do their, their kind of strength and conditioning programs with us. Uh, and because we're so new, those teams have just started to learn about us and just started to file in. So that's mm-hmm. our big focus right now is kind of growth within. Um, and then honestly, just paying off debt that we acquired over the pandemic yeah. and to add a second facility. So for mm-hmm. our next couple of years, that's our focus. And then beyond there, it may be something down the road that we look at adding another location that's somewhere outside of Peterborough. Um, that's an idea that we've tossed around, but we honestly don't have any, like even initial plans for something like that right now. Um, mm-hmm. we're going to focus on, focus on growing where we are. We definitely have room for more growth within the facilities that we have. And then yeah. if down the road, we kind of, we kind of grew out of necessity last time. Like we just, we physically didn't have enough space anymore to see the people that wanted to come see us. Uh, and if, if we got to that or we're approaching that stage again, I think we would look to branch out and, and move somewhere uh, out, outside of the area that made sense to us. So that's that's a potential in the future for sure. Yeah, no, I like it. I think, you know, you guys have done something really well already. You've already identified like the success with the partner model, right? You know, train and, and kind of grow within, which is exciting. And I think the other thing too is, you know, you've got you've got to focus on revenue per square foot generation, right? So I think it's that one, you know, that everyone should always have some kind of key performance indicator that we're looking at to grow. Um, and you guys, unfortunately, with the large facility you guys have, that revenue per square foot metric is probably keeps you up at night sometimes. But the reality <laughs> is, is that if that's the focus and you're able to kind of grow that orange a little bit, the number one way to start that, though, is to get everybody wanting to be there right culture now you can now you can put your strategy on top of that so yeah it'll be exciting to see where you guys are at yeah we're excited it's uh we we love getting into the we love getting into this world of of meeting all these youth athletes that are youth athletics is so different than when we grew up in it and Mm -hmm. um these kids are like maniacs in the gym and grade seven and eight. And like, I'm like, I didn't know what a back squat was in grade seven, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's, it's super cool to see the progress that these kids can make from a young age and just how excited they are to learn. So 
uh, yeah, we, we get excited by that as well. Yeah. And I also and I, just want to add, sorry, sorry. Go I was ahead. just going to say like, what an epic impact you're having on your community. Like you said, a great grade seven, you didn't know what a back to what was you, you know, and like how epic that you have been able to create a space where this learning is just kind of becoming a little bit more standard and being in the gym or in the clinic, it's normalized. Like it's, mm -hmm. I, I think that's so, so cool. And I imagine they bring a lot of energy into your business as well. <laughs> oh yeah. I was, uh, I was there at 7am today and they were, yeah, they were getting after it. Keep it fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think, and I think there's a, like a whole piece that people have to take away from this session, right? Like it's sort of, you guys have rebranded the clinic environment, right? Mm -hmm. You also don't have the same hours that every clinic has always had for years, right? Like you guys got to be there early to address some of the, like some of these young athletes, right? The other thing too, is you guys have also followed the evidence that the myth in the past or the recommendation in the past of resistance training for young athletes wasn't positive. Now the evidence has changed that it's actually beneficial. The resistance, you've got like 78 year old ladies with hippo A working out there's still I, I remember the post you guys did not that long ago and like she was lifting more than I lived right? <laughs> but but you guys have also followed the evidence and you've built a model that is evidence-based where I still struggle where people tell us they're evidence-based but they still do clamshells on beds right you, yeah. you guys all know my position on clamshells but the reality <laughs> is, is that it's important that you guys are actually building something for the community that is actually considered best practice right now and in that best practice may change, but that's the whole cool part about having a core value that supports a community that you guys can still pivot on when you actually have that entrepreneurial mindset. So I kudos to you guys. You guys have done a great job. Um, and the only advice that I have for you right now is like, you've got to ice Jay Martin more times. Than <laughs> <laughs> you can't let him win. Whether or not Jay listens to this episode, I'm going to clip that for him. <laughs> I'll, I'll even have their team send you that clip Perfect. no problem just send just send me that clip that'll be my next reel on social media yeah so if you have any advice for him and i because our goal was to make these like 30 minutes but we have been completely unsuccessful daryl i try i try <laughs> i was like trying to play timekeeper today he even like Sorry. knew i was like okay so at the end of every episode daryl we're trying to wrap it up I know, right? too good at the chat <laughs> <laughs> You he's he's the color commentator. <laughs> yeah. I can't but, read him in. I try. I try. No, I, I know. It was too good. Maybe we'll cut it up in half or something, but it's fun. Um, and it's good to see you, buddy. I'm glad you're being successful and and pass along my congrats to to Adam and Jay as well. Appreciate it. And uh, I, I, love, I love the new podcast world. I've listened to the episodes. I found out how Daryl proposed to his wife in front of 500 people. We're still not over it, that right? That blew my mind. We're still not over it. All I know yeah. is if I tried that stunt, I would not be married. Uh, mine was the polar opposite in like backcountry camping in a tent <laughs> as far away <laughs> from any other human as we could get. Uh, and I was still super awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's awesome. But still Thank good. Thank you, though. Connor. Yes. You're welcome. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Great job. Thanks for coming. Thanks, guys. No problem. Emma, until next week. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. We'll see you then. Bye, guys. See ya. And that's all for today. 
Thanks for tuning into today's episode and joining us on this journey to get smarter in business and life by learning from the top clinicians in the world. Make sure to connect with me on Instagram at Daryl Yardley and be sure to follow my co-host Emma at Press Play Physio to stay connected. And also visit us at clinicianlife.com for more resources, articles, and opportunities to participate in the show. We'd love to have you on to share your expertise and insights with our growing audience. Can't wait to see you next week.